We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome, welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Rotowire DFS podcast sponsored by FanDuel. I'm your host, Joe Pizapia, and joining me every Tuesday is the one, the only, the Todd father, Todd Zola. What's up, my man? How you doing? Doing well. How you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm better than anybody in Major League Baseball because everybody's hurt, Todd. Everybody's hurt, and this is why DFS <laughs> is a wonderful thing right now because you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about who you're picking up off the waiver wire. You don't have to worry about all those smart moves and those great drafts you had and the brilliant auction strategy and how it's all gone out the window so far. And it's only May 16th here, and everything's hit the crapper already. It's, it's, uh, it's really something I've never seen. And I've been doing, I know you've been doing it longer than me, and I'm not trying to you know, make an old right. joke. I'm doing it like experience, but I've never seen anything like this, Todd. Nobody has. And people, I think, I don't remember if I've talked about it on this platform, but I've talked about it on some other platforms. Everybody's blaming the 10-day DL. That's just not the case. Show me, you know, other than the Dodgers using it as their 26th man, <laughs> people are really hurt. And they are. And, you know, I, I, is, that a, is that using the rule or abusing the rule? I guess it's a story, you know, a topic for a different podcast. But well, there's guys, like, I mean, even Jason Hayward, I heard Jed Hoyer on today actually talking about, well, they, you know, they probably wouldn't have put him on a 15-day DL, but because they had the 10, it just made sense. And they're trying to keep everybody healthy, so the stretch run and all this so stuff, but it's killing fantasy teams. It's like no yeah. one cares about us. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't, point being, I don't think, you know, Hayward will probably be on longer than 10 days, uh, you know, 15 <laughs> days. Point being, um, there's just more injuries. Maybe a small percentage of people are, are the put on the 10 day that would not have put on the 15 day. And it, you know, to me, it's, it's sort of masking. Everybody's blaming the 10 day and not trying to figure out why is everybody getting hurt? Uh, you know, we lost Carrasco again tonight. It, it's a lat it's, it's a, to his uh, left pectoral. It's not his arm, but still, you know, we lost one of the few American league pitchers that's pitching anything worth a darn. So what are you going to do? No, well, we're going to do. We're going to play DFS. That's there what we're we go. going to do. So that's that's what that's my uh, <laughs> that's you our know, cure all. And as a, <clears throat> and as a, you know the uh, 
the segue, and guess what pitcher isn't hurt? Steven Strasburg. Well, yes. <laughs> if that doesn't tell you that this is a bizarro year, I don't know what does. But let's talk about him. He's 10,400 against the Pirates, which seems like a good matchup on paper yeah. the way the Pirates are going. You Darvish is at home against the Phillies, who have been you know, also kind of uh, not great. And, of course, Dallas Keuchel, top of the board, too. But I'll tell you what. Between those three guys, you want to go one more down. Zach Greinke has been very good. Yeah. He's facing the Mets. He's facing Zach Wheeler, who at this point I still say is more of a five-inning pitcher. So right. let's start with Greinke. We already know Strasburg's use there. He's facing Tommy Malone, Greinke. He's uh, in a spot here where, I mean, it's hard not to like him. I mean, the last couple starts have been brilliant. He's been 40-plus for the last five times out. I mean, save a couple hundred bucks at least, maybe 600 from Keuchel, and Greinke looks like a pretty good cash buy at home. Uh, the problem, I don't know if it's a problem, but the thing is he's not racking up the strikeouts and the Mets have got some strong left-handed hitters. So um, actually lately, 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 Granky has been straight. I guess early in the year. So yeah, he's been coming around lately. That's what yeah, I mean. Five, lately, five starts in a row, 40 plus. That, yeah, yeah, actually, that, that'll yeah. do it for me, Todd. I don't know about you, but that gets me no, up out of bed in the well, morning. When I, in cash <laughs> game, my sort of rule of thumb is I call it 13. I want a, I want a total of 13 innings plus strikeouts, and he's he's done that. Looking at it now, shoot, he's done that every game but the first game. So, I've turned uh, yeah. you around. See what I've done? Yeah. You started out negative, and now tomorrow there you're going to own go. Zach Greinke. Yeah. I mean, he's, you know, he's had a couple couple games against Colorado, one of them in Colorado. So it's weird. He's, he's faced you know six, game, six, six mm-hmm. games with only four clubs. So you know, once the schedule spreads around a bit, we'll see the real Zach Greinke. But sure, uh, the home runs, you know what it was? it was? The note I had was home runs that he's given up. And, I, and I'm le- less worried about that facing Pittsburgh than I am some other teams. So, uh, yeah, let's, let's, or, or the, the, the Yankees. The Mets. The Mets. The Mets yeah. The Mets. That's all right, Todd. It's, it's been I, raining for four straight days. No, I'm, in Massachusetts. I'm, I'm looking at his, his record. It was Pittsburgh. <laughs> I was gonna, he gave up home runs against Pittsburgh. Yeah, the Mets. So, uh, let, let's roll with, let's, we can roll. I, up at the top, I like Granky. There are some guys I like down below. All right, well, let's talk about some of the guys below. The first one that pops for me in tournament play is Jake Odorizzi, who's given up one earned run in mm-hmm. each of his last three starts since coming off the DL. To me, that's a, certainly a good spot, a, a good buy as far as I'm concerned. I understand well, the matchup is tough against Cleveland, but try to sell me on why Jake Odorizzi is not a good play. Because it's in the uh, earlier game and it's not the main slate? Well, if you're playing the all day, I mean, right. just saying, I think most yeah. people play the main slate. I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm trained to focus on the main slate. Sure. Actually, the, the price is uh, 82. It's not the, not the greatest of prices, but um, I, there, I, even, even if it were the main slate, there's still some guys I like more. All right. Well, who are they? Stop being such a tease, Todd. <laughs> um, I know I, I, I like Eduardo Rodriguez against the Cardinals. All right. The uh, it's, it's on the road. They don't have to worry about the DH. The uh, Cardinals do not hit lefties very well. A little bit injured up there. They even got some more injuries now, so I don't mind him. Uh, and under the radar guy, that's actually I think it's four or five or five of six straight uh, quality starts is Matthew Boyd against Baltimore. Baltimore is one of those. It's a typical a typical tournament team where you, you can strike them all out. Or you, they can hit you for homers. It, the game being in Detroit, I think, helps a bit. I don't mind Matthew Boyd at all. Down even below, further below at seventy one hundred. And then, then there's Rich Hill. <laughs> I'll believe it when I see it. San Francisco doesn't strike out, but they're they lost Hunter Pence. They're, they're going to Mac Williamson now. So the I mean, who, who's to say when Hill's on, he can strike anybody out? Do you do you roll the dice with Rich Hill? You know what? On a night like tonight, 
in tournament play. I don't think it's a terrible play. I really don't. I mean, I kind of go with the Murphy's Law thing, guys like Rich Hill. I feel like anytime you're in a spot where – you have him coming, but it's, it's those starts where you, it's a slam dunk where I think like Rich Hill is a guy that burned you. It's the starts where you're always like, well, I don't know. He's coming off the DL. He hasn't been good in rehab, blah, blah, blah. And then he comes out there and he throws seven scoreless innings and strikes out 10 guys. I, and, and I'm not saying this is the only lineup I would throw out there for sure. And a two pitcher, uh, in a two pitcher side, I think I'd be more apt to kind of take the chance with Rich Hill as a secondary pitcher if he was at the right price. My problem is for 8,700, I don't know if that's exactly where I want to be. Because I look at, I mean, I know you mentioned Rodriguez, but I mean, Lance Lynn also at 85, Rodriguez, those are guys where I think for comparable price, I feel like there's a little bit more floor, whereas Rich Hill, you also run that risk of what if the blister does resurface again? Oh, sure. It's a tournament. You know? It's a tournament play, but it is a boomer bust tournament play. And I know that means some of them, but not every tournament play is a boomer bust play, but Rich Hill, I think is one of them where it's like, look, you know what you're getting into. If you're doing multiple lineups, if that's fine, multi-entry. Yes, for Rich Hill. Single entry tournament lineups, I don't think so. Of all the cash game guys at the top of the board, Salazar, Granke, Strasburg. I mean, hell, I can even throw Marco Estrada in there too. Marco Estrada is a pretty steady guy. I know oh, Toronto sucked absolutely. this year. But between all of these guys, 9,000 and above, who's the most appealing to you in terms of return on investment, price point, matchup, the whole shoot match? Is it Keuchel and all the way at the top, or is it Estrada maybe at nine? No, it's, it's Strasburg. Uh, it's Strasburg in between. Uh, okay. uh, healthy Strasburg is one of the top pitchers in the game. Pittsburgh's not hitting very well. I, uh, it's 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 uh, you lose. You know you pitch better at home, but if you're going to be in the road, it may well may as well be in PNC. So yeah, Strasburg's my guy as far as my cash game play. We're going and Pittsburgh's striking out more than they have in the year in years past. So uh, he, he he grades out actually he grades out a good point and a half more than the next guy, which is Salazar. So I uh, and I know Salazar is a bit cheaper. Bang for the buck, sellers are a little bit better. But Tampa's one of those weird – Tampa's got a lot of strikeout in them, but they also, especially against le- righties, they get enough lefties for some power. So that's kind of a scary. And plus, like I mentioned, uh, if I'm, we're talking main slate, it's, it's Strasburg. All right, very good. All right, now, who are some of the guys you want to go against tonight? If you're going down to the bottom, who offensively really pops out in terms of, you know, this is a pitcher that I want to start to stack against. So, you know, you got the Chad Cool on there. You got Tommy Malone in Arizona. Anybody else kind of pop for you? Bronson Arroyo is always popular. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I Phil Hughes is to me. I mean, if you're looking for the home run, Phil Hughes is automatic. Uh, so, well, Sabathia, but Fridays, but Kansas City doesn't have any any righties. Uh, Wade Miley's doing it with smoke and mirrors, so I can see. Well, uh, that's pretty much Wade Miley for the lot, his entire yeah. career. I mean, I, so think I we can all see. That. I can see going against Wade Miley. It's uh, it's another early game, but if we are talking uh, talking all day, I can see putting some Blue Jays, Jose Bautista, those kind of guys against Jamie Garcia. Uh, cool is tough because in I, I know he's better than he's pitched. So sometimes I hate to go against those guys. Another guy that's that's actually keeping the ball in the yard this year is Jimmy Nelson. I mean, it's almost automatic. It used to be last year was automatic stack against Nelson. But even though it's in San Diego, he's keeping the ball in the yard this year. So he's, it's not an automatic. Uh, DeYoung, uh, Oakland, eh, they, don't have, they don't really have the goods to – I guess. I guess you could go with a guy like Joyce in a in – a, in a, in a, you know, not so much boomer bust, but in a tournament type play. But um, there's, there's, there's not a ton of gas cans, but th- there are some places to go. All right, very good. All right, let's uh, move along to the yeah. catcher spot here as we continue to go along here on the podcast. We got Buster Posey top of the board, four thousand dollars. Yadier Molina, thirty-five. Sanchez, thirty-four. And then you know, 
we start to get down to the question mark kind of guys here. Now, I mean, with catcher, I think we always want to try to be careful here. I, I look at Matt Wieters at 2,800 and I'm going, just shaking my head. I mean, it's Chad cool. Why is Matt Wieters 2,800? I mean, oh, I'm sorry. I, I think that's where I might yeah. have to begin and end right now at catcher. Yeah. Well, I could make a case. I mentioned, mentioned, uh, right-handers against, uh, for Kansas city. I could make a case for Salvador Perez against CC, I suppose. But if you are looking to go bargain basement, yeah, you, uh, Wieters has been playing. I mean, obviously, catching always have to check the field, see that they're in the lineup. But Wieters has been been the uh, the bell cow, so it's a uh, it's a probably a pretty safe bet that he's in there. Now we've been talking about him last week, and he's starting to turn around a little bit. Had a couple multi hit games over the weekend there, uh, Jonathan Lucroy. And I think that's a, that's a positive sign. You know, I, no power yet. There's no power yet. I get it. I know that they've all been singles. I get it. <laughs> However, I think the fact that he's making strong contact is just a matter of time. Yeah. So I'm throwing that out there as 27-2. It's not going – look, Jonathan Lucroy is a guy that hits 280 and hits 15 to 20 home runs every year. This is a good offensive catcher. Forget what you've seen out of him for the first six weeks of the season. To me, I think Lucroy is – it's just – Continuing only to go in the upswing. I had him. I had him higher in my seasonal board than Posey coming into the year. So, I mean, and I can understand why. I mean, I mean it's it not a terrible close. idea. It was close. It was a team context thing. Texas hasn't. I mean, they had. They're not not terrible, but they haven't lit it up. And Francisco, San Francisco has been even worse than we thought. Sure, at twenty seven hundred, I don't. You know, platoon this. Who cares? At that price, it's it's baked in. Even if he's down low in the order, if we're talking tournament play, you know, Lacroix is still on the board. Anybody else uh, pop out for you a catcher tonight? No, I, there's so much other good stuff elsewhere that um, I, I think I either go with the Perez or, I, like you say, you go down below and you either go with LaCroix or Weeders. You know, Weeders is probably my cash play. Save a little money. And I like, I like the platoon. I like the, the switch hitting because no matter who's in the game, he's got an edge. And that's, you know, for cash, he just wants safety. So I sort of like that. All right, let's go to first base here. Uh, you mentioned about Phil Hughes and home runs. I know there might be some weather yeah. in play, so check that out in Colorado. Is, but yeah, let's yeah. talk about Mark Reynolds at 4K. I mean, Mark Reynolds so far has got 12 on the year already. Uh, you know, for a fly ball pitcher <laughs> against the Colorado Rockies, this is pretty much this is what dreams are made of. I mean, <laughs> really, what do you yeah, think and, about it? And the other good thing, too, is you know, right on right, but it's in Minnesota, so they get to use a DH. So it's not like they're going to have to sit Reynolds, you know, to get a DH, you know, whatever. He's, he's going to play. Whether he plays first or DHs, Reynolds will be in there. Right, so, exactly. Uh, yeah, and that, so. that's the other plus, too, is that, you know, you'll, you'll, I think it, there's just no way he's going to be out. And look, it's not in Colorado. What are you going to do? But still, it's, it's Target, you know. Target's one of the better hitting fields. Uh, quietly, a really good hitting field. Yeah, but, it's uh, just they, the Minnesota Twins, you wouldn't know because they've had no offense for the last yeah. three years. That's a problem. Yeah. Anthony yeah. Rizzo at 3,900. Tell me what what's going on there. You see him at thirty nine, and you got Miguel Cabrera at thirty eight. These are two guys that are usually well over four K. I understand Cabrera's been scuffling, uh, but to me, Anthony Rizzo against Arroyo. I mean, come on, right now. Well, last night when I was setting lineups, it was like, is there a bad outfielder at the top? I mean, is there? I mean, is there a bad play at outfield? I mean, tonight when I'm when I'm looking for first, I don't think there's a bad first baseman on the no. board. No, and I think you're crazy to go up anywhere above uh, anywhere above Rizzo, I think, or, or Reynolds is nuts. I think if you're going over 4K tonight, I understand the draw of a guy like Votto. I understand the draw of a guy like Goldschmidt against Malone. Like, I get the Goldschmidt against Malone play. I get all of that. But, but when Rizzo, Cabrera, 
and I understand they're scuffling, and I understand there's a little bit of fear factor there in, in terms of what you've got. But, heck, even a guy like Yonder Alonso is at 3,400. And Yonder yeah. Alonso has been the best American League offensive first baseman. He's got – he's Chase, Chase DeJong is the matchup, okay? <laughs> Chase DeJong – I can't even make yeah. this up. Like, I don't it, – you know, it's like a guy on the, on the roster of Major League when they go to spring training. I right. mean, come on, man. I mean – <laughs> well, yeah. The guy's got an on-base over 400. Yonder Alonso doesn't have to hit a home run for him to have a productive day. Yeah, yeah. Um, Alonso, I, we hear all the time about people changing their swings. You know, we only hear about – well, I mean, we'll hear good things about the ones that work. His apparently worked. So uh, Yeah, you think? Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you, we could even go – you know, you probably were going to get down to – get down to pool holes at some point to make sure he's in the lineup – but, uh, you know, pool holds a 2,700 against the lefty. Sign me up for tournaments there. Yeah, that's another good one, too. You know, and I think that that happens sometimes, too. As we, as we move on, we always forget sometimes, or should I say we take for granted some of the veteran talent. But don't do that. Don't do that in your season long, and don't do that in the daily world either because, like you're saying, when you get a great hitter against lefties in there, just because it's an Albert Pools and maybe the overall numbers aren't great or whatever it is, remember, it's just for the night. Yeah. All yeah, right. That's all you're trying to do. I, here. I, I'm st- I still want to believe in Derek Holland. Um, I, I'm beginning to think it was a, it's a poor life decision, but um, I still <laughs> want to believe same yeah. with Matt Cain. We'll probably at some point we'll get to Matt Cain, not tonight, but at some point uh, he pitched last night, I think if I'm not mistaken. But um, the point being, uh, I still, you know, it's weird. I do both seasonal and DFS. So I know you're not supposed to have bias, but I, you know, I, I'm invested in Holland in seasonal. And I want him to be well, good, but that's not going to stop me from, uh, from you know, all, all in on Albert Pujols. <laughs> all right. Other side of the corners here, Nolan Arenado at third base at 43. Chris Bryant was dealing with an illness at 42. So keep an eye on that. Yeah. Uh, Miguel Sano at 4K. Let's start with Sano a little bit. I understand he's the three outcomes. He's a strikeout, the walk, or the home run. I get that. Uh, he's got the matchup against Kyle Freeland. He's at home. Is Miguel Sano to you – uh, have enough floor for you with the fact that there are the strikeouts still looming there is is he just a tournament only play because of the foundation that he is questionable i'd say tournament only yeah i mean strikeout we were a few years past strikeouts being negative points so that's not the issue anymore right not as bad right it's still, it's still you know well i mean the walks provide somewhat of a floor but not not at that i mean i i'd like a walk as a floor for less than 4k so it's somewhat of a floor. He's still still a. I mean, I don't care about platoon splits with Sano. So that 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 part I throw out the window. He'll hit a, a righty just as well. Has a chance of hitting a home run. A righty just as good of a lefty. But yeah, he's still he's still a still a tournament option for me. Um, there's still a, a there's still ample third baseman that I'd like more in cash. That I I don't know that I've used him in cash. Manny Machado at thirty seven hundred. This is another guy who yep. some you know the algorithm is still not you know, being kind to him, or maybe it is in the sense that he's 37. I mean, the home runs have been there this year, but overall, this is not the Manny Machado we've grown accustomed to. He's had these spurts of big productivity, and then he's gone dormant, and, and he seems to be one of these guys that's, you know, any given night, but not consistently over a long period of time. You get like two or three good games in a clip, and then it kind of goes away. Do you like Machado enough here against Boyd, or because of the things you said about Boyd, does that give you why well, you I mean, want to fade him from there? Well, the Boyd was a tournament play, so you know that that there's a high risk, high reward aspect to it. No, at 3,700, you gotta like Machado against Boyd. Um, I mean, you kind of you kind of glossed over it a bit, 
But I mean, I don't know that we'll ever see Arenado at 43K again or 4,300. And I don't care if it's out of Colorado against Phil Hughes. I'm going to have to be talked off of Arenado. And just, no, I don't blame you. Yeah, yeah. just about every format tonight. But um, yeah, I mean, Machado, um, you just, don't, just don't hit him. Just don't piss him off. <laughs> you know, I think he yeah, had half of, point. half of his production, sort of the, uh, I don't want to call it revenge game, but uh, you know, that whole silliness with Red Sox and, uh, you know, oh no, you can't wake the sleeping dog up by hitting him. Yeah, he had a good game, but then he obviously went back to sleep. So just don't hit him. Yeah, well, there you go. That's good advice. Just don't hit Manny Machado. Now, looking through the rest of these guys, too, there's not a lot of value at third base. I'm sorry. I'm like the Reyeses and Bregmans and, you know, even Longoria in this matchup, Michael Franco against Darvish. Like, there's there's not a whole lot. So, to me, this looks like a night where, yeah, it, it might be wise to go up to the board for Sano, for the guys we're talking about, for Machado, for Noah and Arenado. Is there anyone else there that, that pops – Todd, for you, was a matchup that you say, uh, well, at least I like this matchup, and I think you can get something out of him? Seager, uh, Kyle Seager and Andrew Triggs. Triggs is one of those guys where you go up there with all the confidence in the world, and four times you walk back to the dugout saying, "What? why didn't I get a hit? Yeah. You know? So there is that. Uh, I mean, Seager has been uh, – yeah, not that he's seen Triggs a lot, but he's seen enough pitchers, he's seen enough junk ballers to know, you know, to, fig- to be able to figure out a guy like Triggs. So now if you want I mean, save some money, that's probably, uh, that's probably the place I'd go. At that point, down down below, I don't really see anything else. Uh, I like to look at Dietrich, but uh, but he's going up against the lefty, so I don't like to look at Dietrich tonight. So uh, that's that's off the table. Um, Shaw, who I like, to, well, Shaw's priced up. He's going against the lefty, so I don't like that very much either. Yeah, but um, yeah, that's probably where I would uh, probably where I'd head. Bustakis has got the lefty lefty. You don't want to go there. Um, so yeah, sure. I think that the uh, the guys we talked about there. All right, so we're paying up basically a third yeah. base tonight. That's what or, it looks yeah, like. Or you take your shot at if you need to save Sal, you go Seager. But um, hey, Jerko against Rodriguez isn't terrible. But that's once you're into that 37 range, I'd rather pay up a little bit more and just go for it. All right, second base, top of the boards, Cano, but he's dealing with a quad injury. You got yeah. Dozier, 3900, who's also been a little banged up recently, but he's got a good matchup lefty righty there. Daniel Murphy always a good yeah. matchup, no matter who it is. Uh, you got Jose Altuve at just 3700. Uh, now it's Tom Kohler who does not scare the hell out of me at all. So I think 37 is kind of a discount there. I would warn people that Starling Castro is a trap because, you know, he hits, you know, phenomenally last year and change at Yankee stadium, but on the road, he has not been the same player. I know he was great on the road in Chicago last week, but look, I mean, that's, if you go deeper into the numbers, Starling Castro, some of the starkest home road splits you'll see in major league baseball. Yeah, I don't buy into it 100%. Becoming, you're going to get a bump at the, you're going to get a bump at home. You're going to get a bump at Yankee Stadium. He will probably, he will be better at Yankee Stadium, but he's probably not been that bad on the road. But still, there are, you, you do lose a bit on the road. I mean, you mentioned uh, 650 OPS last year on the road. Yeah. Just put well, right, but uh, <laughs> understood. Hit 230 it, on the road last year. <laughs> no, but it, th- those sort of things aren't predictive. Uh, they're just not enough at bats to be predictive. But, so. Yeah, what do you make of Jonathan Villar at this point in the season too? I mean, that's a guy that has pop, has speed. He's at 3,300, uh, starting to pull out of it, it looks like, a little bit. You saw a home run from him the other yeah. night. I mean, that's to me, I look at this spot at second base, and he's got a matchup against Clayton Richard. And, you know, Clayton Richard's not scaring the hell out of anybody. Uh, I'm looking at Villar, and I'm saying, okay, here's a guy who's cheap right now on the upswing. 
who's got a little pop and certainly has enough speed that he doesn't even have to have a good night. He just has to walk once and still two bases. You know what well, I mean? Well, you know, that's the thing. You gotta, it's, it's not that easy. you got to think of the team he's playing against. He's going against a left-handed pitcher in Austin Hedges. So I don't particularly like that matchup for the steals. At that price, it's kind of baked in. When I go for – I mean, Villard, normally you usually see 3,800 to, what, 43, 44. Right. And you almost want to, you know, want to be – you know, now he's not going to be positive to get a steal, but you'd like it to be in a good scenario. 33, it kind of bakes it in. But, yeah, I, I wouldn't – it doesn't seem like the best scenario – to get a steal. Of course, Richard isn't in there the whole game. Well, I mean, that, that's one part of the argument. Richard's not in the whole game, but you know, you're talking about an elite level stolen base guy. And I would think that that's good. Uh, the logic you're using, I would definitely argue is very sound for those guys who, you know, the 10, 15 steel guys. But when you have a guy who's, you know, a 50, 60 steel guy, to me, I'm, I'm not worried about who's behind the plate. Who, if there's a lefty on the mound, I understand it will reduce the percentages, but if he's hot and if he's starting to get hot, at 3,300, I think I'm willing to buck that trend. And, hey, maybe that's something that helps his ownership, too, in the daily world. Maybe that's the spot where you actually make some headway on a guy like Villar. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he's 8 out of, eight out of 11. He's 62 of 80 last year. He does get caught. So, I mean, it's not something to – it's just – at that. if it was a higher price, I think my argument would have more water. Oh, absolutely. At, at this, at, in, the thir- in the 3,000s, yeah, uh, it's not, a, not, not an issue at all. All right, over to the shortstop. Carlos Correa is up the board, 30, 43. Gene Segura, 4,000. Trey Turner at 39. Let's talk about Trey Turner a little bit, too. Yeah. What are your thoughts on him at this point in the year? Because I, I know the Colorado stretch was good. Then he went real quiet for a little while, had a good weekend in Philadelphia, or at least a better one, had a couple of home runs. Are we seeing Trey Turner start to pull out of the slump of the early season? Maybe the lack of spring training kind of hurt him, and we just kind of took it for granted, you know, when those Colorado returned that everything was going to be hunky-dory. Oh, is Trey Turner basically catching up now? Is it safe? Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't going to be like last year over 162 games. He was going to have some ups and downs, believe it or not. He's going to have a torrid stretch, a torridly good stretch at some point. At the end of the year, the numbers won't be where everybody expected, but they'll be very, very good. So, you know, I, I, yeah, he's, he's, you know he's, he's in play. He's always been in play. The team's cooled down a bit, but again, no, no team's going to average, you know, Colorado in their heyday didn't average seven runs a game. Right. So, so the Nationals were due, uh, were, were due for a slowdown. But yeah, it's, it, it, the price is, you know, this may be that. This it's may not be, bad. This may be as low <laughs> as we see Turner, you know, in, in a while. Yeah, I'm looking at that 39. And I feel pretty good, especially on a night where Corey Seager is facing a lefty. So that's yeah. a huge trap. That's not where you really want to go. Yeah, I don't uh, like shortstop tonight. This, I don't, I don't no? see. It's for the other positions are really good. I don't see a whole lot out there. You know, maybe, maybe Russell against Arroyo. I don't, uh, but he's what been, about Alesmis Diaz? I mean, that, that was the one to me that kind of popped. And yeah, I, and yeah, I know was, he's another one where, you know, I don't love the zero guys. I don't like, I don't love when I look at a game log on DFS stuff where I see a guy who's 21 and then zero and then 15 and then three and then zero. Those kind of things kind of scare me. It's, it's why I like those kind of players that, do a little bit of every – and look, Diaz does. The problem is his consistency on a night-in, night-out basis. That's why we joke about guys like Cervelli. But Cervelli's a guy that's going to put up nine points every night. <laughs> you know, right. that's about right. his ceiling, and right. I get that. And I understand that that's not going to win you any tournaments. But, you know, trying to understand the difference of those things. One more guy, too. Let's, let's talk about Didi Gregorius real quick. He's facing yeah. Hamill. That's another one, too, where I think I can make the case there. Lefty-righty, a good matchup there for him. Again, maybe he doesn't have the, the biggest ceiling – but I think if you're trying to go up in a cash game for top of the board, you just need somebody who's a little bit more cost efficient than Trey Turner. 
at 3,300, I can understand Didi in the matchup. But you know what? I'm still finding a way to go up there because it's only $600 more to get Turner. And that's not an enormous amount. Right. If you, I mean, if we're talking cash, it's still a Xander Bogarts against Lance Lynn at 39. Uh, isn't, isn't a terrible cash play. Yeah, Didi, I, I actually used Didi a lot last week. He was at Yankee Stadium, and he always had a good matchup. And he didn't, he didn't I mean, I didn't, didn't burn me, but I, didn't, I, don't, I don't recall getting that, that bomb. Yeah, he won one of two good games. But he, he hasn't shown that, 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 that power that he showed a little bit last year. And it'll come. The weather, everybody needs to get in the groove. It was just, a, you know, as you know, a lousy weekend in New York for weather and everything else. So, you know, Didi, I don't love him in, in Kansas City. It's a hard place to hit the ball out. So I would probably go elsewhere. Uh, but I think he's definitely someone to check out every night to see what the situation is. All right. Well, baseball is here. And, of course, if you're going to be playing baseball, you got to be playing with Rotowire. So you're going to go out there and don't get stranded without – a RotoWire subscription, and don't miss out on this great offer. Make your first deposit on FanDuel today, and you'll get a free six-month RotoWire subscription. So go to FanDuel.com/RotoWire to claim it. And you must be a new FanDuel user in order to be eligible. And users may only establish one FanDuel account. That's FanDuel.com/RotoWire. All right, let's get to the outfield, shall we? Uh, look, I know the matchup might not be the best, but <laughs> he's been maybe the hottest guy in baseball right now. Let's talk about Aaron Altair. At 3,500, yeah, it's you, Darvish, but my goodness, that, that man is on quite the tear right now, isn't he? Yeah, and I, uh, you know, I, 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 I've been an Altair fan and have, have him in plenty of seasonal places and in some siblings, and I've been very, uh, very happy about it. Yeah, you can't get scared. I mean, you know, here we are looking for the, the junk pitchers to go off, to go against. If you're playing tournaments, sometimes the best way to get some differentiation in a tournament is to use a guy against a really good pitcher. And, and a Dar- red-hot guy, no less. Yeah, Dar- Darvish is a good pitcher, but he's also a little bit home-run prone. And the park, uh, well, either you know, either park, both Philly and Texas, are good for some homers. So I don't, yeah, Altair, Altair's fine as, as far as the, uh, I wouldn't use him in cash, but he's, he's not a bad tournament option. All right, where else are you looking tonight on outfield? I mean, you we're talking about, you know, the George Springers are in play, the usual suspects there. But it's funny because... You know, there's the guys at the very, very top where you have, you know, the usual suspects there at the top, the Bryce Harpers and Trouts and Betts and all those guys and Judge. But I don't know if, you know, Bryce Harper top at 5,100. I don't know. I always have a hard time when we cross the $5,000 mark in outfield. I, I mean, are you willing to go that high on Harper tonight? I, I don't I'd know rather, if I'm not. I'd rather save $200 and get shot against Derek Holland. Yeah, that, that's I agree. Now again, it's in the earlier game, but I mentioned alluded to it. Batista against. Well, what about Charlie Blackman too? That's another yeah, guy too for four yeah, K. I mean, let's yeah. save a thousand dollars and go there. And and yeah. you know, Blackman is a is not just a cores guy. I mean, he, he proved last year that he's better than that, and he can hit on the road. That was a big question about him. Uh, we got AJ Pollock who's been dealing with injuries, so he's out. So, what do you make of that Arizona outfield right now too? With Peralta banged up and Pollock, I mean. Is there any spot to go where he might be able to find some guy you toss in there on the cheap against Tommy Malone? Yeah, I am. I'm not sure exactly what to be doing it. I'm assuming they're going to go back to playing their infielders in the outfield again. I don't. I don't see a burrito. I don't. I don't see. Uh, <clears throat> I, I assume that's what they're going to go short term. And this, if Pollock's out or you know Peralta, they may even they may have to call up my old buddy Kettle Marte and move one of the. <laughs> oh yeah. Move one of my infielders <clears throat> to the outfield. Uh, so, but it, it's it's not a it's not horrible. Um, 
just double checking, make sure I don't do another mistake. It is in Arizona, so you do have the the good park there. So I, I'd like to I'd like to check the lineup. The problem though, it's a late game, and you're just not exactly. I know there's late swaps now too, but uh, you're just not exactly sure what they're going to do. Um, but you do Malone. It's another one of those guys where, like Triggs, where you think you got him, and then he, you know, four times you're walking back to the dugout going. What went wrong? I popped that thing up. I should hit it out. Let's talk about Keon Broxton at 35, too. Another yeah. guy who's kind of on the upswing, another one that has pop and speed and, you know, score points in different ways. And I think that's always what we're looking for to target. Yeah. Guy on the upswing, another guy, 35, him and all there. I, I think these are the kind of guys tonight where you can make a, you can, you know, round out outfield with a bunch of guys in this $3,500 range and do pretty well for yourself. Yeah. 35, add another 100, go for, go for JD Martinez against Wade Miley. Right. Uh, you know, again, Miley is just, I think if I'm not mistaken, he's thrown the most percentage of balls in the league. I mean, I know the ERA and the whipper otherworldly, but it's coming down and it's not, I don't, I don't think, you know, people aren't going to pay me money to tell them Wade Miley's not as good as he's pitching, but, uh, I don't think, you know, whatever. <laughs> well, Wade but Miley the, does the same thing every year. Wade Miley yeah, sucks. But, then Wade Miley has a seven inning, nine strikeout <laughs> or, or a complete, no, this is true. You could, I, I've yeah. I actually did this on my, uh, on my FNTSY show the other day. We actually went through Wade Miley game logs from like 2015, 2016, and you literally can see it where he gets picked up on the waiver wire. And then, you know, after that shutout performance or that seven strikeout night and people go, Oh, Wade Miley. Great. And then he gives up five earned runs the next game, and then he has a quality start, and then he gives up six earned runs back-to-back games, and then he's back on the waiver wire, and he throws a 10K performance up. That's that's Wade Molly. I want nothing to do with him. He's he's a hot mess. I have one more question before we head out for today. Sure. Kyle Schwarber, 3,100, Bronson Arroyo. Is it time for the big boy to get healthy? The Schwarbernator or, or Arroyo? <laughs> No, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, why? Yeah, sure. It's a, I mean, normally, normally that would be a cash play, you know, the ability to walk a Royal on the mound. But sure, I think that um, I think that, that there's another tournament option right there. Um, it's it's uh, people were so high on Schwarber and, and right, you know what? Rightfully so. You know, some of the, sometimes things just don't work out. When you have a good eye, you're supposed to be able to hit pretty well. He just it just hasn't come through for him yet. So sure, that's uh. That's a, yeah, I can see going there. Sometimes you just get a feeling, and I don't know. Bronson Arroyo just makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside tonight. I'm just <laughs> Kyle Schwarber. I'm telling you right now, I I, yeah. I want I want some shares of Kyle Schwarber at 3100. All right, sure. you can follow him on Twitter at Todd Zola. You can follow me at Joe Pizapia17. For everybody here at RotoWire, have a great night of daily fantasy. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.